Now let us turn to the book of Yaakov, the book of James, chapter 1. I believe this is part number 9. The last time I, I preached or taught on this was April the 22nd. So here's Yaakov, writing to the 12 tribes in the diaspora. Verse 1 of chapter 1. From Yaakov, a slave of God, and of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, to the twelve tribes of the diaspora, shalom. Regard it all joy, my brothers, when you face various times of temptations and trials. For you know that the testing of your trust produces perseverance. But let perseverance do its complete work, so that you may be complete, whole, and lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, lest let him ask of God, who gives it all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask and trust in faith, doubting nothing, for the doubter is like a wave in the sea being tossed and driven by the wind. Indeed, a person should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Because he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Let the brother in humble circumstances boast about his high position. But let the rich brother boast about his being humbled. Since like the wildflower he will pass away. For just as the sun rises and the sharav dries up the plant. So its flower falls off and its beauty is being destroyed. So too is the rich person going about his business will wither away. How blessed is the man who perseveres through the temptation. For after he has passed the test, he will receive as his crown the crown of life, which God promised to those who love him. No one being tempted should say, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And God himself tempts no one. Rather, each person is being tempted whether he is being dragged off and enticed by his own bait of his own desire. Then having conceived, the desire gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't delude yourselves, my dear brothers. Every good act of giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father who made the heavenly lights. With him there is no neither variation nor darkness caused by the turning. And having made his decision, he gave birth to us through a word that can be relied on in order that we should be kind of his first fruits of all that he has created. And so we're going to go deeper going forward from verse 18 here. I did part of that verse the last time that we were together. And so continuing here, if you want to now turn to the book of First uh, John, and we'll look at uh, chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5. And we'll start at verse number 4. You children are from God. And I went to 4, I apologize. Because everything which is God has God as his father overcomes the world. Did you hear that? That's a promise. We can overcome the things that we face in this world. 
because we're his. And this is what victoriously overcomes the world, our trust, our faith. One of our, our worship leader, David, he shared today about will God find faith when he returns, his son returns. I can testify this to you. I've learned to enjoy God's nose, not his literal nose, but his no when he says no to me. As much as when he says yes, or when he says wait, or when he says nothing. Because then that test is my, my trust and my faith in him. If he gives me not what I want and what I desire, do I still trust him to know the best for me? Because he knows me far better than I'll ever know myself. And the things that I desire that I'm not to receive, he knows the outcome of those things. And the yeses, we rejoice over those, but should we not do the same over all when he says no? or to wait, or when he's silent? Don't we realize that he's our loving Heavenly Father? And just like a show back in the 50s, our Heavenly Father was not the name of the show, but he does know best. Remember that old show, Father Knows Best? But our Heavenly Father knows best. Continuing here. For your loving God, excuse me, I got to go back to verse 5. Who does overcome the world is not the person who believes that Yeshua is God. He is the one who comes by mean of water and blood, Yeshua the Messiah. Not with water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit bears witness because the Spirit is of truth. There are three witnesses, the Spirit the water, and the blood. And, and these three are in agreement. And if we accept a human witness, God's witness is stronger because of it, is the witness which God has given about his Son. Those who keep trusting in the Son of God have the witness in them. Those who do not keep trusting God have made him out to be a liar because they have not trusted in the witness which God has given them about his son. And this is the witness. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the son. Those who have the son have life, and those who do not have the son do not have life. I've written to you these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. You who keep trusting in the person and the power of the son of God. And so with that, that is clearly declared to us that the spirit of the living God who dwells in us gives us life and he testifies to us that we have life in the Lord. And so now we are a kind of first fruits that God has created. Now let us turn now to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Do you know in scripture it speaks about this world that we currently live in is now groaning? 
and it's been growing for a very, very long time. From the time that our father Adam and our mother Eve fell to Hasatan's temptation and going forward. So here's Romans chapter 8 and verse 19. It declares this. The creation wakes eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed. You know what's amazing right now? Paganism is growing in this world at a rapid pace. We see it being demonstrated here in the United States and all throughout Europe and the whole world. What is man now trying to do? He's trying to erect this earth as its God. And it's worshiping creation. There's a huge shift going on in this world. And so as we read this scripture, focus on this, that creation waits eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed. That's both sons and daughters. That's you and I. For the creation was made subject to frustration, not willingly, but because the one who subjected it. But it was given a reliable hope. Did you hear that? Creation has hope. That it too would be set free from its bondage to decay and would enjoy freedom accompanying the glory that God's children will have. We know that until now that the whole creation has been groaning as with pains of childbirth. And not only it, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly as we continue waiting eagerly to be made sons and daughters, that is, to have our bodies redeemed and set free. See, our spirit and soul, once we receive Messiah, we're instantaneously saved, but our mortal bodies are yet corruptible. So continuing here, it was in this hope that we, are, we were saved. But if we see what hope, what we hope for, it isn't hope after all. Who hopes for what he already sees? But if we continue hoping something that we do not see, then we still wait eagerly for it with perseverance. There's a longing in believers throughout this whole entire world who are longing for the Lord to return for us. Aren't you sick and tired of living in these corruptible bodies? That's a godly desire. Who has initiated that in us? But the Ruach, the Spirit of the living God himself. So continuing here. Similarly, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray the way that we should. But the Spirit himself pleads on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. And the one who searches the hearts knows exactly what the Spirit is thinking because his pleading for God's people, that's you and I, accord, accord with God's will. Furthermore, we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who what? Love God and are called according to what? With his purpose. See, once we get out of God's plan and purpose for our lives, we're out of unity. We're out of communication. And the sign of the love is that we desire to be in his presence and to be in unity with him. So continuing here in verse 
Number 29. Because those whom he knew in advance. Think about this. The Lord knew you before he created the heavens and the earth, all the universes. He knew us in advance. Our Father did. He also determined in advance we would be what? Conformed to the pattern of his son, his son's godly character, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he thus determined in advance, he also called. And those whom he called, he also caused to be considered righteous. And those whom he caused to be considered righteous, he also glorified. And this is God's word, a promise to us. So now we see people that are living in this world, women who have lost their identity. We see men who have also lost their identity. Your identity is not in your occupation, your nationality. Your identity is in Messiah, those who are believers. See, but Hasatan, he brings a delusion. He wants us to believe these lies so that we can make a God of our own creation in our minds. But there is one true God who has created us and knows that we are to be born a male or a female, and he knows our name. But what is Hasatan's lie today? Delusion, confusion. For what God has ordained for us to be. His plan, his purpose are yes and amen. So continuing here, let's now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And begin at verse uh, 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. And this is what it declares there. But in fact, it is that Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a man, also the resurrection of the dead has come through a man. For just as in connection with Adam all die, so in connection with Messiah, we will all be made alive. Let us now turn back to Yaakov chapter 1, continue in verse number 19. Therefore, my dear brothers, let every person be quick to listen, but slow to speak, slow to get angry. And what is that speaking to us? That when we hear God's word, we meditate upon it, we're to be silent, so that we will hear what the Spirit wants to reveal to us the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And we're to be slow to speak and slow to get angry. We're to contemplate what is motivating our hearts, our thoughts, and our motives. So now as we dig here a little bit deeper, 
Let every person be quick to listen, but slow to speak. Slow to get angry. Can modern psychology match this advice for improving interpersonal relations? When someone does or says something that would normally provoke quick, angry and speech, invite him to explain more clearly what he has done or said. Listen carefully to him, trying to understand him and his situation, and respond in love, aware that like you, he was made in the image of God. So now as we look at these scriptures here, and some of you may want to write them down or listen to the podcast later because we're going to go quickly here. From the book of Ecclesiastes 7.9, it says this, Don't be quick to get angry, for only fools nurse anger. See, this was not new revelation for these 12 tribes in the diaspora. These scriptures would jump in their minds when Yaakov would begin speaking about them. Just as the spirit of the living God quickens within us God's holy word and brings it to our memory. Now Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 says this. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Both male and female he created them. But what does our world say? A girl can come into class and say, I'm a cat. Or a boy can say, I'm a dog. Or I'm a Martian. Or a girl can say, well, today my name is Tommy and I am a male. Or a boy can come and say, my name is now Susie and I'm a girl. Who has created us? Who has given us our identity at the time of our birth? But our Heavenly Father. Now continuing, to prepare their hearts to hear Abba, Father God's word, in the midst of trial, Messianic believers must concentrate their attention, that is to be quick to listen, and control their tongues, slow to speak, and contain their anger, slow to becoming angry, and cleanse their lives of sin. Get rid of all that moral filth. Continuing. The history of Jewish relations is riddled with sad consequences of believers' failures to heed this verse. If Jews had tenaciously refused to trust in Yeshua, it's partly because frustrated Christians have attempted to accomplish God's righteousness through their own anger. It cannot be done. Jews receive God's righteousness through Gentile believers' mercy and not their anger. How do we know this? Let us turn to Romans chapter 11 and verse 31. Romans chapter 11 and verse 31. So also Israel has been disobedient now, so that by your showing them the same mercy. Who's that speaking to? The Gentiles who've been 
grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. You're showing them the same mercy God has shown you, that you too now may receive God's mercy. And so with this, we can see that God wants to use the people from the nations who have been grafted in the commonwealth of Israel to provoke Jewish people who have not received Messiah to jealousy. And it's never to be done out of anger, out of forced conversion. And if you look at the history of those who've been grafted in into the commonwealth of Israel, there have been many that have done this out of anger. And this is never from the Lord. Romans eleven sixteen. So the, the, those who are grafted into the commonwealth of Israel are to show mercy and not their anger through their humility and not their arrogance. Romans eleven sixteen declares this. Now if the challah offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole loaf. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. But if some of the branches were broken off and you, a wild olive, were grafted in among them, that's speaking of those who've been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, have become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree, then don't boast as if you were better than those branches. And who are the branches? Those of the Jewish people on the revelation of Messiah, Yeshua, rejected him. Is not the Lord the vine dresser over the vines? His vineyard, whether it's an olive vineyard or grape vineyard, those branches that do not produce fruits of righteousness and allow the provision of the Lord to be lived out through them, what does the scripture say? They shall be removed. They shall be cast into the fire. So continuing here. However, if you do boast, let me back up here to 17. But if some branches were broken off and you, a wild olive, were grafted in among them and have become equal shares in the rich root of the olive tree, then don't boast as if you were better than the branches. You're not better than unbelieving Israel. However, if you do boast, remember that you are not supporting the root, that the root is supporting you. So you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True, but so what? They were broken off because of their lack of trust and faith. See, Yeshua came to his own Jewish people to reveal himself as who he is. A number of them received him after he rose from the dead. But there were still those that hardened their hearts. However, you keep your place only because of your trust, your faith. So don't be arrogant. On the contrary, be terrified. Why? 
For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will certainly not spare you. You know, there's teaching going on in a lot of Christian churches today that the nation of Israel is a facade and that God has forsaken the Jewish people and that the church is now Israel. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Let us continue. So take a good look at God's kindness and his severity. On one hand, severity towards those who fell off, but on the other hand, God's kindness towards you, provided you maintain yourself in that kindness. People from the nations, are you showing kindness towards the Jewish people? Are you interceding? Are you praying for their salvation? For it is their Mashiach, their Messiah, who has given you brand new life. And you are now grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, to the root of Israel. Provide that you, may, that you maintain your kindness, yourself in kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off too. God's going to judge individuals how they've treated the Jewish people through the, through the centuries. He will also judge nations. This is his promise. They are yes and amen. Moreover, others, if you do not persist in their lack of trust, will be grafted in. Because God is able to graft them back in. See, there's hope for those Jewish people that still have the veil over their eyes. But are you showing compassion? Are you interceding? Are you asking God to gently remove the veil from their eyes that they may be able to see him for who he is? For if we cut, for if you were cut out of what is by nature wild, olive tree, and grafted, contrary to nature, that's a miracle, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? For my brothers, I want you to understand this truth, which God formerly concealed, but is now revealed, so that you will not imagine you know more than you actually do. Is it not the spirit of the living God who leads us into all truth? Absolutely. It is that the stoniness to a degree has come upon Israel until the Gentile world enters into its fullness. And that is in this way that all Israel will be saved. As the Tanakh says, out of Zion, Zion will come the Redeemer. He will turn away ungodliness from Yaakov, Jacob, the children of Israel. And this will be my covenant with them. I will take away their sins. With respect to the good news, they are hated for your sake. But with respect to being chosen, they are loved for the patriarch's sake. For God's free gifts and his calling are irrevocable. Just as you yourselves were disobedient to God before you received mercy, now because of Israel's disobedience, so also Israel has been 
disobedient now, so that by your showing them the same mercy that God has shown you, they too may now receive God's mercy. For God has shut up all mankind together in disobedience in order that he might show mercy to all. O depths of riches, the wisdom of the knowledge of God, how inscrutable are your judgments, how unsearchable are his ways, for, for who has known the mind of Adonai, who has been his counselor, or who has given him anything and made him pay it back? From him and through him and to him all things to him be glory forever. Amen. So those of you who have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, your trust, your faith being proven in this account in order. If you do not have a love in your heart, for what God loves, his people have a veil over their eyes, then the Ruach, the spirit of the living God, does not dwell within you if you do not have compassion in your showing mercy. And I said before, where it begins in prayer and intercession, that you would ask God to take out your stony hearts and give you a heart of compassion for the apple of God's eye, his chosen people, who you are not second-class citizens, but you've been grafted in. You are now common heirs. And you declare that Abraham is my spiritual father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This has to be taught because we have such a short time on this earth. The Lord has numbered our days. And one day we will all give an account. How we have proclaimed and shared and interceded for those who are lost. To the Jew first and also to the nations. This is all being established. Blessed be the name of the Lord.